This is Crepes Anonymous. There is a part of Pink Floyd's Shine On, You Crazy Diamond, a little more than four minutes in, that makes Olivia feel like she is standing alone on a frozen tundra, thousands of miles away from any other human contact, watching a cold dawn bloom over the horizon. It's a creeping feeling that she's lulled into by the mystique of the keyboard intro, which suddenly gives away into a deliciously somber, resolved loneliness. It's hard to describe this feeling to anyone without sounding crazy, or, in her case, without giving away that she was crazy. Olivia squinted across the road at the boarded-up buildings that stood empty since last year. The layers of notices and graffiti were beginning to have its way with them, creeping up the shop fronts like sprawling lichen. She warded off the damp cold of Bay Street by taking one last puff of her fading cigarette and then tossed it into the puddle at her feet. Back inside the employee break room, it smelled like spoiled milk and someone's tuna lunch. For once, she felt grateful for the extra layer of her mask, sliding it over both ears. Through the double doors, the late-week dinner rush was beginning to slow down, and she felt a small prick of relief at the sight of near-empty aisles. People acted sort of unpredictably in public nowadays, especially in stores, so her new norm was trying to hide in plain sight for eight hours and hope no one was coming to yell at her about toilet paper. Trudging back to the cereal aisle, she returned to the half-undone shipment pallet, using her own box cutter to slice through the rest of the plastic wrap. At least then, when everyone went back home to their lives, they'd leave the store empty enough to recoup after the day's madness. She liked to grab as many boxes as possible in her long arms and tried to slide as many of them as she could into the empty shelves. It was a challenge she'd like to give herself to pass the time and make the task a bit more fun. Sometimes Olivia would drop the boxes if she grabbed one too many, and they'd all come crashing down onto her boots. Eventually, there'd be no boxes left and she'd move down an aisle to the boxed rice and cooking oils. But tonight, it was unpacking night for their Halloween merchandise. Tonight wouldn't quite go like every other night usually did. Olivia heaved a sigh and pulled the crumpled display planner out of her apron pocket. She tried to make out her manager's scrawled glyphs on the paper. Some of it looked like face towards costumers. Frankly, it could have been customers. With her manager, it was hard to know for sure. Using the guide and broad swaths only, Olivia built out the bottom of the pyramid of spooky booberry and Count Chocula boxes. She looked down at the guide and grimaced when she realized something was missing. Count Chocula cut out, placed in the center. She looked around at the mess of plastic wrapping and cardboard, holding the box cutter in one hand and the crumpled guide in the other. Shit. It wasn't there. Olivia dug through the sliced-up piles of wrap, searching for the count. He was nowhere to be found. She leaned back on her heels, shaking her head. After the nightmare of the entire pandemic, now Count Chocula couldn't even show up for her cringy cardboard cereal pyramid. Well, whatever. It wasn't like Count Chocula was the only man who couldn't be bothered to make an appearance in her life. Her dad was currently beating him by eight months and some change, but who was counting anymore? She pursed her lips and headed to the back, searching through the unpacked pallets to see if the Count had slipped through the packaging and fallen. Nothing there either. She cursed, pushing back through the double doors and headed back up to clean up the aisle. When she did, she stumbled across Dmitry Tarasenko standing in the middle of her mess of an aisle, hands on his hips. She felt her eyes roll back up into her head on instinct. Now was not a great time to deal with Dima. Most of them weren't great times to deal with Dima. Finally tracked you down, he said, turning. Which was, she supposed, the funniest thing a guy who consistently goes to people could say. 
He came over to pull her into an unnecessarily tight hug, and she was enveloped immediately in a wave of weed smell and Armani cologne. Maybe a year or two ago, that toxic combination would have been comforting. Now, it sort of made her itch. Pressed into his chest, she stared down at his muddy shoes. Dima was pushing 30 these days, but no one had really told him that, if his European mediums and checkerboard sneakers were any indication. But she'd always guessed that telling anyone their favorite rock album came out 20 years ago was a rude gesture, maybe. Dima pulled back, getting a look at her. What are you doing working on your birthday? The way he always said birthday was kind of funny. Not in a bad way, but you could always hear the cadence of his mother tongue shifting between his words. It always came out in that sort of Eastern European, Eastern seaboard transplant kind of way, where the T's would get rolled up like D's. Make your money. What does it look like? She gave him a amused smile, gesturing around the place like its caretaker. Well, I brought you another type of green. Make sure you diversify your fruit groups there. Using two fingers, he slipped a baggie of something into her apron pocket. The unadulterated smell of sticky buds hit her nose, making her mouth water. Her hand felt the bump of the lumpy plastic baggie in her apron pocket, wondering what kind of favor Dima would ask for in return. That's generous of you, she said carefully. I'm not very subtle at my job. Dima laughed at her, shrugging. I can lend you my hoodie. You can tuck it in there until you're off of work. I may take you up on that, Olivia said, eyeing him. Is this to make up for you never getting back to me last month? Possibly, he said, handing her the hoodie. She looked at it for a moment, admiring the familiar print of a poorly drawn stick figure pirate walking the plank towards shark-infested waters. Wow, she said, a million memories hitting her at once. I know, he laughed. Yeah, I don't have too much deep end band merch left, but I have this one. Olivia gave a stifled laugh. My God, it's glorious. It's like a blast from the past. I gotta say, you were probably the best merch table girl a guy could ask for. Dima gave her a humble shrug. We always sold that at those shows. Tables completely empty. Wonder what that meant. It meant that the emptier boxes were easier for me and Max to lift into your parents' van. The merch table life may have been sweet, but the roadie life was bad. She paid him encroaching on her personal space no heed, putting back to putting the cereal boxes on the shelves. He slid up behind her, too close, pulling out her other headphone. David Gilmore was just dipping into another bottomless solo, and he suddenly fell away, becoming just a small buzz on her shoulder. Dima's voice came into focus near her ear. Why don't we hang out anymore, Liv? Oh, Olivia said, gripping the cereal box and holding back the sudden flood of emotions, too jagged to hold all at once. His brother's gravestone, sitting in the bright sunshine, a surreal monument for an unimaginable person to lose. The last decent guy she'd ever known. You know, she trailed off, losing the power in her voice to keep going. You can call if you need anything, you know, Dima said, his voice suddenly shifting again. He leaned back slightly, putting his hands in his pockets. She remembered sitting on the floor with Dima in the darkened living room while they sat Shiva, and how his arm around her shoulders made it possible to do so without crying. My folks miss you. Just to. Anyway, you shouldn't be alone on your birthday. I won't be, actually, Olivia said, suddenly prickling, shoving all of the memories back in the cobweb box in the corner of her mind once again. Oh yeah? Dima smiled, still not quite leaving her personal space. You spending it with someone special and it's not me? Yeah, but I don't think that's any of your business. Before she could finish, something dropped onto the floor at the end cap of the aisle. Then, there was a cacophony of sound like hundreds of boxes clattering to the ground. Her stomach dropped as she looked past Dima 
and saw her Count Chocula pyramid come sliding apart, raining to the floor. I am going to scream, Olivia managed. Dima stood stock still, trying to make sense of all the cereal on the floor. Olivia caught the flutter of something bright disappear behind the next aisle. She vaulted over the boxes and passed Dima, sliding around to the next aisle. Nothing. She ran down to the next one. Nothing either. She looked back at the catastrophe of boxes and felt her blood pressure boil over. Hey! She shouted at no one in particular. She walked back to the mess and saw Dima start to pick over it. She threw her hands up, shaking her head. Fucking kids, man. Dima laughed. Well, it looks like you got your hands full there. I'll leave you to it. Yeah, thanks, she said, giving him a deadpan stare, hands on her hips. Her frizzy brown hair was beginning to fall into her eyes and itch at her. She gave it a frustrated huff to blow it off her brow. Anytime. Hey, call me if you need anything. I mean it. He turned on his heel and made for an exit before her temper boiled over. She looked over at the destroyed pyramid, the conspicuously empty aisles, and the clock, and simply sighed. For fuck's sake. Diana removed the plastic lid from the cake, sliding it across the table at Olivia. Ta-da! The spackled frosting was a washed-out, hospital gown blue, and it looked like someone scrawled her name in snot across the top and doused it in sprinkles. A sight to behold. Looking into the face of the cake brought their situation to a painful sort of clarity for Olivia. Mom and daughter, living out of a motel room all the way across town, like they were on the lamb from their own lives, playing fugitives with a supermarket birthday cake and a dwindling savings account. It had been three months now since she heard anything from her dad since he took a trip to his parents that never ended. Just like that, they were now two instead of three, and the house was up for sale by the bank. It's not much, her mother jumped in, noticing her reaction. But I wanted to at least celebrate your birthday. In the mess of luggage, Diana moved to close the motel windows against the growing dark. It was easier to see in the lamplight, as the past few months had aged her, the gray roots growing in, and the purple splotches, now a fixture beneath her watery blue eyes. Olivia scratched underneath her beanie and screwed up her nose at her mother. Yeah, I don't know. I was uh, expecting the four seasons this year. Diana gave her a tired laugh, settling back down to the table with single-use plates and forks. She rubbed at her eyes, kneading her pen-stained fingers into the papery-thin sockets. You got another migraine? Olivia asked, cutting up her own birthday cake. She sliced up two pieces and slid her mother one. She held off on eating hers, though, instead tucking up on the motel chair and watching the lights of passing cars play through the curtains. Did your dad call today? Diana asked, not looking up from the glow for mobile game. No, Olivia said, letting it be. Diana cursed from across the table, but it was hard to tell if it was because she lost at her game or because she was about to launch into another tirade about her dad. Olivia braced herself, but saw Diana switch gears mid-sentence. You know what we should do? We should smoke a bowl and watch terrible motel TV. Her mother's eyes lit up behind her glasses. She pushed her phone up to the side. What do you say, birthday girl? Olivia felt herself dissociate. She was only half listening now, getting lost in the roller coaster shapes of the wood grain on the table, each ring a wobbly approximation of time. She followed each one with the pat of her forefinger, tracing the ups and downs until she began to wonder how old the tree was before they chopped it down to make this shaky little two-seater, and if, while it grew and put down roots, did it dream of having supermarket birthday cake eaten off its back? Funky, Olivia said after a moment, catching herself. Let me get the bowl. When she stood up and stepped away from the table, 
She caught her mother's eyebrows settling into a resigned line just for a moment. She didn't linger there. Instead, she reached into her backpack and pulled out her glass bowl and her grinder. Diana settled herself on the bed that they were sharing and started to leaf through a stack of papers, eyeing them over the top of her glasses. Olivia sat next to her and began to twist her little brass grinder, packing the bowl for her mother first. She watched Diana pull her papers aside and tuck up on the bed to light the bowl. As she inhaled, she looked at Olivia across the bed. Well, 22, how's it feel? Olivia accepted the still-smoking bowl and placed her finger over the carb, inhaling. She let the smoke curl through her lungs and let it steal her breath away for a moment, leaving in its wake the first feeling of calm she felt all day. It sucks! <coughs> Olivia coughed, exhaling. Her mother began to laugh, flicking through the motel cable channels idly. Her face lit up as she switched from show to show, the light settling into her crow's feet and unhappy lines at the corners of her downturned mouth. When I was 22, I had you, her mom suddenly said, looking over at Olivia, but the look in her eye was not a fond one. And then everything changed. And you haven't successfully killed me off since, I know. I feel like I have a better track record than you do at this point, Olivia said, exhaling smoke through her nose. Diana snorted and tossed a pillow across the room at Olivia. Olivia! Olivia stayed put and let it hit her square in the chest. Her mother was laughing, but the look in her eye had changed from resentful to guilty. Far off, over the drone of Motel TV, cars raced across the Staten Island Expressway, zipping into the night over the hills. Next year's going to be a better one, Liv, she said. Yeah, it will be. <laughs>